Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle Podcast, where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. Have you ever experienced this as a coach? You're preparing for the upcoming game, and you've watched the film of your opponent. You've reviewed everything you think you need to review. You've consulted with your other coaches, and you all have come up with your game plan, and you feel good about it. You share it with your team. You go through it at practice, and at this point, you feel even better about it. Then the game comes. The first few possessions, things look good, and you're feeling pretty good. Then they slowly begin to not look so good. And now you're questioning your game plan a bit. You're wondering if you overestimated something or misjudged a particular area. And you're beginning to think scraping the game plan is what's needed. But no, it feels so wrong to do so. You know what you saw when you put the game plan together in the first place. You're not sure what to do, but at this point, something needs to be done. If you've ever experienced that type of emotional roller coaster and coaches everybody has, today's episode will be perfect for you as we dig into TJ's mind on when you should scrap the game plan and go to plan B. We also ask the question, should you have a plan B? How many backup plans should you have? In today's episode, we go deep and I promise you, you will grow as a coach from this one. We hope you enjoy. Now let's jump in. TJ, I love this topic. You often talk about the art of coaching, and I think this plays into the art of coaching. I want to discuss when do you abandon the plan, right? So you're preparing for a game. You've watched a tremendous amount of film. You've scouted the opponent. You've got a great idea and feel for how you want to attack the opponent and handle various uh, players and, and their various skill sets. And you go into the game and, every, and you feel confident, right? You've, you've got that confidence that you've laid out the plan, you've executed and, and taught, and everyone's on the same page. And you get into the game, and then all of a sudden, things aren't going according to plan, right? Maybe they've made some adjustments, or simply maybe you calculated a little incorrectly. And all of a sudden, we need to switch it. I want to discuss in today's episode, when do you abandon the plan? When do you say, okay, it is time to abort, we need to move into a new strategy, how long do you ride your plan? I was thinking about this just last night. We had a, a regional playoff game, and you know we decided to go with the 3-2 zone, and we put the bigs up at the top. And we did that because we thought we wanted to give our, our young or our faster guys down low, they, they can run the side-to-side -side a little faster, obviously. They, they can cover that ground. And they do have one great player this opponent did. He scored 26 last night. He was phenomenal. And... They end up countering the 3-2 zone by sticking him in the corner where normally he's bringing the ball up. And we thought, let's put the big there and the, and the bigs up at the top to kind of slow him down. And, and he's a smaller guy. Maybe he'd struggle with the size. Well, they countered it and put him in the corner. And our guys couldn't get over there quick enough. Our, our two guys underneath couldn't get there quick enough and uh, protect the rim to their level that, uh, that could defend against their tall, lanky, um, uh, big that they had down low. Nonetheless, I'd say in the first uh, six, seven minutes, their guy hit three threes from the corner, right, in addition to a couple offensive rebounds from their big and putbacks there. And we had to quickly abandon the plan. And it was probably about six to seven minutes into the first quarter that it was, hey, we need to, hey, we need to come up with something different. Let's talk about that from your perspective, TJ. You create the plan. Plan's not going according to plan. 
How do you process it? Well, this is a multi-level question. I'd say, you know, first of all, a lot of times going into tournament play, it can be really tricky. I think I learned this one the hard way. Tournament play, you have a little maybe, maybe more time to prep. You've seen people multiple times. And a lot of times I've seen coaches, including myself, outthink themselves and get a little too creative and you've got a little too much time on your hands so you start making some major adjustments and you know maybe a little uncomfortable for the opposing team but it's even more uncomfortable for your team they've played 30 games or 25 games and they've done a certain style a certain way so that's a big factor in deciding before the game how much of a game plan change you're going to have uh when you go into the game you know my thoughts if i don't remember who gave me this advice but i remember hearing it one time and i thought it was really good was that um you know, you go in and, and a lot of you hear this in football, right? I mean, it's everybody's pumped up and jacked and ready to go till all of a sudden two helmets hit and then it's football, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how much is getting people jacked up and ready to go, you know, after, you know, a head start hit and how much does that really matter? And I think when it goes to uh, like game, game planning and, and in game changes and adjustments, the advice I got was, you know, there's going to be the first adjustment and then the other coach is going to adjust back. But the key adjustment of the game is the the third one. You know, you adjust a little bit, they adjust, and then that third adjustment. And, and that kind of sets the tone for the game. And so obviously there was a pregame adjustment with a different look, a different zone look. Um, you know, and then they come in and, and they, they adjust too. They put the guard down there and they, they post the bigs on the, on the rotation on the bottom, get some offensive rebounds. So how how quickly do you do you change uh, that decision? I think it's based on a couple of things. Uh, the first thing I would base it on is is not just whether the ball went in. We talk a lot about a PGC NATO not attached to outcome. Not did the ball go in, but are they actually taking the shots that you want them to take? And if they're taking the shots you want them to take, I think you you ride with it, even though they make a few shots. If they're taking the, the shots you don't want them to take, then it's a matter of how long can you take that. You know, one maybe, hey, let's do what we're doing better. Uh, a second shot might be like, I right, listen, final chance, like make this adjustment. We've got to get to this particular area, and make another one. Then I'm probably thinking, you know what, it might be time to move on from this because you know we come in, we're four or five possessions in, and, and three or four of their shots, you know, 75 percent, 100 percent, somewhere in between there, are the shots they want, not the shots we want. Then I'm thinking about adjusting. Early in your coaching career, did you find yourself being bullish on your own plan that? You know, your arrogance played into it. Like, hey, I did all this prep work. I watched all this film. This is – I know what I saw, and I know why I did the the approach that we're doing. I'm not abandoning it yet. Did you find yourself doing that early in your career? You know, the funny thing is I'm, I think maybe I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I think that um, going into certain games, like I might have made pregame adjustments. And if one or two things didn't go well, I'd go right back to my comfort zone. And I think a lot of coaches do divert back to or revert back to their comfort zone where they're, you know, really comfortable. You hear coaches talk about it all the time. You know, like I'm a man to man coach. We play 98 percent man to man defense, occasional zone here, occasional zone there. But as soon as somebody makes a three against your zone, it feels like the world's caving in on you. But they make threes against your man, too. You know, but you're just more comfortable doing what you do. You feel like maybe for for me and man, there's a higher level of accountability and zone. I'm like, oh, this guy thought he had him. That guy thought he had him. I like the highest level of accountability. That's why I revert back to man. So I, I was pretty quick to if I made a pregame adjustment and thought, 
you know, hey, let's run this zone or let's run these particular plays and it wasn't working, I, I think I was probably the opposite of where I, I may should have stuck with it a little bit longer. Maybe what I did see was was going to happen, was going to work. We just made a, they made a shot or two. I, I was on the opposite end of that spectrum where I, I abandoned quickly and go back to what we we always done. How often are you putting out of the box unique type situations and changing everything up? You know, like doing a, a type of defense, for example, that is really out of character for your team, something you haven't worked on because you found yourself allowing your mind to start spinning when you're watching film and preparing where you, like you said, maybe had a little more time on your hands. You, you started creating some uh, ideas and maybe even overthinking it. Have you found yourself, can you recall any incidences where that happened and where you remember back and say, that was an example of something I shouldn't have done? And how did that play out, if you recall? Yeah, I mean, I think that's happened to me plenty of times. I think particularly um, postseason runs early in my career, uh, just over adjustment. You know, all of a sudden you've been, you've been having two or three days to prepare for every game, and all of a sudden you got six days. You know, and uh, for instance, we, we have a, a, a Final Four conference tournament game today, and we won our game on Tuesday. Well, we took Wednesday off, and then we put the game plan in Thursday and Friday, and let's play Saturday. Early in my career, I definitely would have been practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, doing everything I could, uh, overloading them to, to put in these new adjustments and wrinkles and things that we could do. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, hey, I'll take a, a healthy body and a healthy mind with a lot of energy over a, an overworked, overprepared mind any day of the week. I just think players that are hungry and ready to go got a little bit of an edge. So I've, I've, I've tiered that back. Now, also with major adjustments, I think I've, I've, I've uh, geared that back as well. And I think specifically like going in from this game, so our, our uh, you know our final eight game the, to the to the final four game here, um, and prior to the final eight game, my adjustments were really simple. So I tend to adjust small things. For instance, like I'm trying to score four to eight more points a game on inbounds underneath or side out of bounds. I'm trying to create two or three more turnovers off something, you side out of bounds defense and bounds underneath team, something. I'm trying to create two or three more turnovers of things they wouldn't necessarily be prepared for. But I'm very, very minimal on like some wholesale change where I'm gonna, you know, we hadn't been running this all season. Now we're gonna go run one three one full court press or whatever. I've definitely gotten more minimal with that because you have so much time during the season to prepare and get your team right. Uh, that you should have been working on being great at what you want to be great at. And now's not the time to get great at something else, I don't think. Mm, I mean, that's a very helpful and powerful perspective there. Let's take a quick break to catch up with our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, I want to ask you a question. Who else needs to join in? In this conversation, in this discussion, in this sit-down with this player, who else needs to join in? I think it's a question that we need to ask ourselves as coaches when it comes to communication. Who else needs to be part of the conversation? At times, it is necessary to have a one-on-one conversation. But oftentimes, an assistant needs to join, an administrator needs to join, an athletic director, or maybe another player, or maybe even another parent needs to join in on the conversation. This week, as you're navigating the various conversations within your program, ask yourself the question, who else needs to join in. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. 
And before we jump back into the action, let's catch up with our friends over at ShootAway and check out today's stat sheet. Here's an interesting one for you. Currently, as we are about three quarters through the NBA season, right now 19 players are shooting more than 40% from downtown. And each of those 19 players have all made a minimum of 103-point shots. So this isn't just someone who's taken 10 shots and has made four or more out of those 10. These are people that have all made over 103 pointers this season, and they're sitting at 40% or greater, all the way up to 45% for Seth Curry, who's in the number one position. This is incredible shooting. And I tell you, you don't get to this type of shooting efficiency without getting your reps. And there's no better tool to get your reps than the shoot away the gun. Often considered the most reliable shooting device in the country. Make sure your gym is set up with a shoot away the gun today. It'll help your team shooting. And as you know, shooting is the ultimate game changer. Now, let's jump back in with the boys. Because this episode won't... Um, be released until after your game tonight. Okay. So you're not necessarily sharing anything, but you know, so you're saying going into tonight, you haven't made any major wholesale changes to the game plan. Uh, just some small tweaks, as you mentioned, to try to pick up some little extra, you know, increase here, increase there, but wholesale wise, you're, you're not recreating the wheel, uh, over these last couple of days. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I can tell you, um, you know, we put in um, we put in three set plays that are very simple um, because we believe there's an isolation advantage on penetration where we want to pick on a certain defender uh, that they have, and so we put a couple different ways to go at this uh, particular guy um, that that we think we have an advantage in this area. We don't think he wants to maybe fully guard. Uh, not bought in on the defense and then so we're going to go at them and so we put a couple sets in three sets in to attack that pr- particular player then we also put in an, an inbounds package which is basically three plays um out of different you know situations and that's based on how they've been guarding the inbounds underneath all year you know some people go man they don't switch some people do switch some people go zone you know so you're facing a different inbounds defense a lot of times when you go into every game so we you know our, our last game i mean this is really really big Big. Our last game in the in the final eight, we put in a three play inbounds underneath package, and we scored fourteen points off inbounds underneath. Mm. Uh, and so we won the game, um, you know, by eight or nine or something like that. But when you think of the course of fourteen points, uh, and we also created two inbounds turnovers on them inbounds underneath, so that could be sixteen, eighteen. I mean, that's a you know, somewhere between a twelve and twenty point swing on inbounds underneath. And so that's where we, you know, we we tried to, to steal some points where it wasn't overload for our guys, but it was also an opportunity to just gain an edge here, gain an edge there. So our our adjustments, I mean, offensively. You know, for this game is is three sets to 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 ISO a particular defender, um, a three set package on inbounds underneath to be able to get some some quick looks and some steal some points hopefully, and then defensively they've got uh, you know the third leading score in the in the nation, and so we just made a couple tweaks defensively uh, to make sure that uh, you know we're putting a lot of pressure on him to make early decisions with the ball, not letting him make late decisions with the ball, and you know that's pretty much our adjustments for this game going in, and then let's be great everything we've done all year long let me just ask you a couple things are the under under the basket inbound sets are those brand new have you put them on film before or you created them and kind of rolled them out fresh yeah brand new i mean and it was just 
you, you're watching film and you're, you're realizing that, man, when the four and the one have to switch a screen right here, um, we're going to have a big advantage on, on our, our four man versus their one man. Or, hey, you know what? This guy doesn't check screens very well. So let's hold this back screen. Let's get a backside bucket here. You're just looking for little things and you know, you're trying to watch film on them and say, well, hey, you know, this is happening five or six times now. This isn't you know, something that just happened. This is a habit that they have. We're going to go ahead and try and try and attack this habit uh, on the inbounds. And so they're, they're completely new, but you know, when I say new there, I try and keep it very simple as well. So when I say we put a three play package, it's usually the same formation uh, with maybe, you know, you say two, two is screen and the two man, three is screen and the three man or five is screen and the five man or something like that. Uh, and then the play ends a certain particular way um, to go more in depth. We have, you know, like a certain type of offensive play we would run. So, for instance, we run this thing called triangle, which is kind of like America, America's play where you screen the screener. Um, so all of those three plays end the same way. So if we don't get this bucket, this bucket, or this bucket, we're going right into triangle. And they already know triangle, so the back end of the play is not something new for them. Hmm. And, and how are you putting pressure on their leading score? You mentioned about making some tweaks to, to make him make early decisions and put a little pressure. What, what's the strategy there? Well, I think you just try and go with tendencies. I think when you have a big-time player, and you know we've had to face that several times this year, we have the number one and number three leading scores in the nation in our conference, and so they're, they're unique. You know, when this, you know the leading scorer in the nation. I don't remember the last time he scored under 30 in a game. Um, and the guy, you know, we're playing playing tomorrow. I don't remember the last time he scored under 25 a game. So these guys are putting up serious points. And anytime you see, a, a you know, that type of playmaker, that type of score, you got to make some decisions. And, you know, that decision can sometimes be to discard him straight up and not give other people points. Uh, it can be to really go after that guy, try and take the ball out of their hands. You, you're trying to make those type of decisions. You know, our decision that we made is to try and find two to three places we think he's vulnerable and try and make him live in those places and in the places that he's really comfortable take him out of that so when he's in a middle ball screen he's he's really good he splits it he makes good reads off of it he does all kinds of things in a middle ball screen i mean he's a pro uh and and one of the reasons he pros because he reads the ball screen so well and so um a lot of our emphasis is how to get him out of the middle ball screen and keep him on the sidelines where we can load and help more. And so we just picked two or three tendencies of things that we could do that would help to keep him out of the middle of the floor. Mm, that's so helpful, TJ. Listen, this is a great episode. I appreciate all your insight, TJ. I think this was going to be really helpful for coaches as they think about adjustments, think about game planning, thinking about when to abandon the plan and, and move on to uh, option B. And let me ask you that, TJ. Do you have set out uh, alternative options in, in, in your game plan? How far do you go down? Like, hey, if we go in, we're going to go in with this, but if you already started processing, if this doesn't work out as we drew it up, I'm going here. I know where I'm going next. Do you have that in mind, or is that just kind of yeah. instinct? No, I think, I, I think it's both. I mean, I think that you go in with a game plan, but I think when you've coached long enough, you've, you've had enough of your game plans not work to know that there's going to have to be an adjustment there's going to have to be and sometimes you go in and your game plan is solid you know and you just you stick to it and you do it and, and you and you ride it to the end and then there's sometimes you go in there and you maybe just miscalculated something a little bit and uh, you got to make that adjustment so i think you you when you failed enough times 
then you make sure you have what your adjustments might be. And so a lot of times when you're late in the season, um, you know, I was going to say this earlier too. Some of that also depends on the discrepancy between you and your opponent. Right. I mean, so early on in my career, we were a huge underdog in all the games we played. And so how drastic I would change my game plan was a lot more back then. You know, you've heard me say it before, you know, you can't, you can't, if you're the eighth best team in the league, you can't be a fastball in a fastball league. You got to be a curveball. Now, if you're the best team in the league and, 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 uh, you throw your players out there and you do what you do well and you got a chance to win it all, then just be a fastball. Don't go try and be a curveball. And so I think part of your adjustments and your in-game adjustments depends on the discrepancy between you and your opponent. And so, for instance, uh, you know, I remember Rick Majerus, you know, rest in peace, but he was a phenomenal coach. They made a late run in the tournament one year, and uh, it was a triangle and two, and people hadn't seen it, and he hadn't run it all year, and they had, you know, two or three big wins that propelled him, I think, to the lead eight or the final four um, against two really good teams, top teams in the nation, and he got there with the triangle and two. And I think his thinking was, the discrepancy between us and them is big enough that I have to be outside the box to give my team a chance. And so I think you got to factor all that in before the game. And then, you know, more subtly, like our, our backup plan tomorrow, like we're pretty two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, you know, we, in fact, we tied for second in the conference. And so we're really evenly matched. Uh, we won by four at our place. They won by five at their place. And, and so, you know, I, I don't think we're going to throw something crazy at them, but I'm also know that, Hey, we're going with this particular ball screen coverage, but if it doesn't work, here's the ball screen coverage I'm going to change to. And if that doesn't work, here's a third ball screen coverage. And, you know, Hey, look, if their post player doesn't get going, we're going to guard him straight up. If he makes his first bucket or two, we're coming at him from the weak side with a double, you know, so little adjustments like that, not huge wholesale adjustments but little adjustments like that i'm just waiting for a play to happen here a play to happen here and know hey this is what i'm going to adjust to if this happens tj we're gonna have to give an update after we release this episode of how things played out on saturday you've kind of brought all these coaches in now and they're curious right they want to see how this is all going to play out we may have to do a follow-up episode uh in response to how saturday plays out for you but tj appreciate your perspective incredible insight i know that was valuable for coaches coaches we appreciate you listening i am adam he is tj together we are the hardwood hustle until next time we're out coaches before you go i got a question for you what is your plan as it stands today to get your players to better think the game of basketball obviously during the offseason you're going to spend time developing your shot you're going to spend time strength and conditioning you're going to be working on different moves uh, to your skill set but mentally to understand the game the nuances all the dynamics all the little intricacies of the game that can separate players from being good and make them great. What is the plan to get players to think the game? I ask you that because I want to encourage you to possibly check out PGC Basketball, the number one camp in the country that teaches players how to think the game. TJ and I recorded an episode earlier this year where we talked about how players these days are box score readers and highlight watchers. They're not watching games, and therefore, as a result, they're not learning the game in the same way they once did. You've got to be intentional to get them to mentally begin to think it, and PGC will help elevate your players to a whole new level. The entire summer schedule is out and available. Go check out pgcbasketball.com. 
Figure out their dates and locations. See if there's a location near you. And coaches, even if you'd like to participate, they would love to have you come out and be an observing coach. More information is on pgcbasketball.com so you can learn more there. Something to think about. Our players aren't going to learn the game until we truly spend time to teach it. PGC could be the answer to help your program today. Listen, have a great day, coaches. Till next time.